everyone. It's JC with the You Made New podcast, episode 15 here in season two. Still talking about the health of the mind. You know, we could maybe go 50 episodes on this. I don't know how long this season will go, but it's funny how I just think I touch on something and then it leads to something else and something else. And that's what this episode is for me. It, it's a jumping off of the last one because a couple of things we touched on there just have not left my mind. It's the idea kind of of cleaning out dark corners, places that in our mind have been able to um, hide and stay there unexamined because they're in a dark corner. And so sometimes as we offer the Lord our minds and ask him to rework, remodel, reconstruct, to give us a sound mind that's rescued, delivered, saved through him and made new through him, we, we mentioned cleaning these dark corners out, and I thought of something immediately. In fact, I think I mentioned it in the last um, episode. And for me, it was just like a light bulb went, out, went on. It was the idea of people pleasing that we're talking about. And all week, I've been thinking, you know what? That's a dark corner for me. It always has been. Um, in that, I know that might sound odd. It's not that it's a dark place in that it's, um, I mean, people pleasing can can look really impressive to a lot of people. It, it brings a great result. Everyone loves you. Everyone's happy with you. On the outside, people pleasing doesn't seem like something that would be a dark corner in your mind. And we're going to talk about why I would call it that. But I think the main reason I see it that way is because it lives so deep in my subconscious. It was just buried so deep that it escaped my attention. It drove my behavior 24-7. But I didn't really understand that that's where it was coming from. I remember several, several years ago, um, I'm married to a, to a man that is not a people pleaser. He speaks his mind fairly easily. <laughs> and I was in, in a situation where I needed to say something and he was talking me through it. And he was like, you need to just say this. You need to just put it this way. He was coaching me, you know, trying to get me to, to speak instead of stuff, instead of hide my, my true feelings like a people pleaser always does. And I remember at the time thinking, I hear what you're telling me, but I'm completely paralyzed and I don't understand why. I can't say that. I know you're telling me to say that, but I could never say that to somebody. I could never say that like that. What if they got offended? What if I hurt their feelings? You know, the whole spin. And I remember in that moment seeing the paralysis that I literally could not do what he was telling me to do. And I could see the, the, the need for it. I just couldn't do it. And I didn't understand why I just, you know, you just write it off. Well, that's just not my personality. It's not the way I am. I just can't. I'm just, you know, I, I kind of rationalized it like that, but I never really looked at it. And it's been years now that I really have started to open that closet with the Lord's help in my mind and let him hold my hand as I take a look at where that's come from, why I'm a people pleaser and why it isn't a good thing to, to keep hidden. Um, really, this podcast, we can't go into all the reasons that some of us adopt this coping strategy. I mean, there's so many, and you can find articles all day long online, um, a need for love. You're just trying to be loved and accepted. Maybe you didn't feel that way growing up. And, and so we're going to people please to have others give us that love that we've missed. It could be for validation because I don't feel like I'm enough. And if people validate me and praise me, if I please them and and win their approval, I'll feel validated. I'll feel enough. It could be um, out of a fear of rejection. 
we've experienced rejection and it's painful. And so we people please, so we never have to be in that place again. So people love us and won't reject us. Um, it could be a feel of fear of failure. I'm going to say yes and please people because I'll let them down. I'll fail. I won't be everything I'm supposed to be. It could be, um, for me, a huge one in addition to some of these is an avoidance of conflict. Um, conflict, confrontation, just literally give me um, a stomach ache. I can just feel a physical response to conflict. I get upset. I just hate the feeling of tension and conflict. And, and again, that has come from my childhood way, 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 way back. I learned to use people pleasing and think, you know, it's better to stuff my feelings if I don't have to feel that feeling of conflict. And so I've done that to avoid any type of arguments or debates. I'll just, I'll just buckle and bury my feelings because I just don't want to, don't want to go there. So yeah, there's a lot we could explore maybe about why we might have a tendency to, I like the phrase to stuff and smile, stuff our feelings, smile, say yes, just um, ignore, repress what we're feeling and, and just um, let others win out and win the day. And we just, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. People pleasing. Um, so that's really not where I want to go. I think we can all do a little digging on our own. And again, with the Lord's help, with prayerful, spirit-led um, journey where we can say, okay, where did that come from? Why do I do that? What are the fears that are driving it? Or what are the false beliefs that are driving it? That to me is, yeah, we could do a whole pa- a whole episode on that. But I, I think that's been done and it's out there. And, and so what I want to talk about more is why that coping mechanism is um, not part of a sound mind. Why people pleasing needs to be cast out and cleaned out. Why that dark closet or dark corner needs to be swept clean. Why that um, power over us needs to be broken. I think in a simple way and that fits right in with where we've gone on this podcast, it's really, if you think about it, just like chocolate. It's just like the food addiction we've talked about so much in in season one, if someone validates me, if I get a little rush from it, just like I do from that bite of food when I'm emotionally eating, it, it has a short term payoff, but then it fades, doesn't it? And I need more validation. And then I need more just the way I need more food to comfort and more and more relying on others, validation on others, approval, um, on their, uh, positive feelings for me, it's, it's fleeting. I can't control it. I, and then I just need to find it more and it becomes just as addictive as food can be or any other thing that we're reaching outside ourselves for validation. We're trying to fill that hole, whether it's a need for a hole of love, a hole of, um, you know, validation, whatever it is, that need that isn't met, we're trying to fill it by others, um, validating us and, and loving us and approving, having popularity, knowing you're loved, having lots of likes, lots of follows, however it manifests itself. It is just like food. It's still just another counterfeit. It, it won't fix it. And so for us to have a sound mind, I can't have a mind that's dependent on other people for my sense of worth or my sense of love, being loved. Um, it, it's just fleeting. It's not something that I can build a foundation on. Christ alone is the one that can give me that kind of solid rock to stand my feet on. The approval of others will come and go. It will come and go. And so it's not 
a good foundation. It's a sandy foundation. And so number one reason is it's just not going to fix what we want it to fix. So that's, that's one um, way we can look at it. But I think it goes even deeper than that. If we, if we take kind of a gospel approach, um, there's some things scripturally that we can look at for why being a people pleaser, excuse me, isn't coming from a sound place. Now, the problem, real problem is on the outside, it can look so good. You can feel like you're a very Christ-like person when you're people-pleasing. I'm just the nice one. I'm the sweet one that doesn't cause any drama. I'm I'm a peacemaker. Actually, all I'm really doing is repressing my true feelings and just putting on a fake smile, but I can call it Christ-like living. I can call it peacemaking when actually it's a false sense of peace because I'm not living my truth. I'm not, I'm just using a coping mechanism to smooth things over and things aren't smoothed at all. All I did was push it down, my feelings down. So we, it looks good on the outside. It can look so, so Christ-like, so Christian, so compassionate, so loving that we fool ourselves into believing that that would be a good way to live. I mean, I really did for a long time. I just, I'm the nice one. I never hurt people's feelings. But if you look at Christ's life, he didn't live that way. He offended people. He knew how to speak in a moment when that was required, when that was what needed to be said. He could do it. He wasn't paralyzed like I was. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, no. He had no problem speaking when he needed to speak and and expressing himself and living authentic. Um, it's not a Christ-like way of living. He he absolutely created waves at times when, when needed. So um, what it made me think of was his chapter in Matthew 23 where he unloads on the Pharisees. He just unloads on them. And he's had enough. And he's going to call them out. Now, this these verses that I'm going to read may not seem to have anything to do with people pleasing. But just hang in there with me for a minute. We're going to tie them in. So I'm not going to read the whole chapter. The whole chapter is just this big, long diatribe where he just, he leaves no excuse. Just tells him exactly what he sees the issue is. But he begins in verse 25 talking about how you're one thing on the outside, but you're something else on the inside. In Matthew 23, verse 25, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within you're full of extortion and excess. So he says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which was within the cup and the platter, that outside may be clean also. And then in verse 27, he ta- he uses analogy. He says, You're like a whited sepulcher, uh, a tomb that's painted beautifully on the outside, and it's white, and it's clean, and it's bright. But inside, oh, sorry, it said, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and all in- uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So he's going from, um, yes, outside it looks great. On the outside, everyone loves you. Everyone praises you. It seems like a really great way to live, but inside it's not working. There's dark corners inside. Can you hear him saying that to them? You look beautiful on the outside, but inside extortion, excess, um, deception, so again, I'm guessing you can already see the parallel. I'm, I'm not saying all people pleasers are Pharisees. I'm not making that connection. What I'm connecting to is Christ's ability to say, okay, I know this looks good on the outside. I know it's had some payoffs. 
and some benefits in your life, which is probably why you've kept doing it. But there's something going on under the surface that isn't working. It's beautiful and painted white and bright on the outside. People love you. You're popular. But the people pleasing is wreaking havoc under the surface. So how? Why does it? What's going on? If we look at it for just a minute, stand back from it, we can rationalize and say, look at all the way I'm serving people. I'm blessing people and making them happy. But if I am people pleasing in a sense to find love and validation, my true motive is not helping others. My true motive is selfish. It's self-based, getting my own needs met through them. By using my behavior to bless them, I'm trying to get a return on it. The same way the Pharisees wanted praise for their righteous living, a people pleaser is motivated deep down under the surface, not on your conscious mind. We're not walking around saying, I'm trying to validate myself by helping this person. We're not doing it outwardly, but deep, deep in that dark corner under the surface. Oh, this was me. I wanted to pay off from that, that they would love me and validate me and embrace me, never reject me. I had all kinds of um, expectations of my service. So my service was selfishly driven. It was dead man's bones on the inside. It was beautiful on the outside because it just appeared like I was so Christian and so um, sweet and so loving and never caused, never yelled, never offended people. But on the inside, I was doing it to fill a hole. I wasn't doing it for my savior. I wasn't doing it because he had led me to do those things. It was a coping mechanism to fill my own emptiness. Um, even I, maybe, maybe you won't like that. I'm going to use this word, but I'm going to throw it out there. Even a way of a type of manipulation and control where I act this way and I people please. And then you in return, I'm going to manipulate you with that behavior because you in return validate me. I'm going to try to control that. I mean, there's, there's a whole world that we could look into, isn't there on that? That kind of is a darker side of people pleasing. Um, once I began to see it that way, it, it wasn't so easy to just um, rationalize and say, no, no, that's just my personality. I'm just a nice person. I, this is just who I, I began to see my paralysis um, for as motivated by things that weren't very pretty. Now, I think the Lord is compassionate with us. We go through a lot of tough things. We all have experienced um, rejection and abandonment and a lack of love, abuse in different forms. I mean, we, we've been hurt at times. We've been betrayed at times. And so it's understandable that we develop these coping me- mechanisms sometimes to help us just deal with the pain of life. I mean, I can see now that I've looked back into my earlier years, I can see why I grasped this I mean, it did me make me feel better. It did give me a, a short-term benefit, but at least a benefit nonetheless. So I don't think we need to shame ourselves for some of these coping mechanisms. I don't think the Lord is necessarily shaking his finger at us, but he, I think he's inviting us and saying, there's a better way. There's a better way to be filled. Relying on men's fickle feelings to validate your worth, it's just not going to get you. Um, where you want to go. My love, he says to us, my love, my um, peace can fill you in a way that you're not so desperate 
for that validation from others. I was thinking also too, when we are caught in a dynamic of people pleasing, it controls us to the extent that Christ cannot then get his foot in the door with us. We're so driven by that motivation. What if in that instance, he is prompting us in our mind, speak up, speak up. This time I need you to say something and it doesn't matter if it offends. I need you to speak. I was so paralyzed. I couldn't obey him because my people pleasing um, false beliefs buried deep in my heart would not allow me. (laughs) I had set those rules for myself. No, no, no. We are not going to offend anyone. I need their love too desperately. And so I couldn't obey him. I couldn't be his servant. I was the servant of my people pleasing coping mechanism. It's Galatians 1 verse 10. Where Paul says, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. See, he, he puts it perfectly right there. If your, your master is pleasing others, you can't be Christ's servant. Because at times, he's going to make you do things and say, excuse me, I'm not going to say, he's not going to make us. He's going to ask us in obedience to be his hands, his eyes, his mouth. And say things that at times are healing but that might cause some rifts along the way. And so if I'm so stuck on pleasing men and so dependent on that for my worth, I'm not going to be able to obey him, to, to be his servant. I'll do it as long as it brings me validation, right? (laughs) I'll speak of Christ and rejoice in Christ and preach of him and, and talk about him as long as, and I'm, I'm not going to get mocked for it (laughs) or as long as it's not going to cause a problem with relationships or that you can see we've just opened a can of worms, haven't we? (laughs) For me, this has been many years of digging into this because just the thought again was so paralyzing. I, I held such a great fear of man and you look up fear of man in the scriptures. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. I'm not quite sure, but I was controlled by the fear of man. And so getting to him gently to urge me to begin to move in a direction where I could speak um, when needed. This was huge. It, it took more grace, truckloads of grace, truckloads of um, his enabling power to teach me to rise up above those fears. And it, you know what? I do think we'll do a couple more um, episodes on this because I think there's a lot of us that, that battle this. And again, it's not something we need to feel shame about, but to feel invited as we're seeking a sound mind, as we're wanting to be re- rescued from the things that have not worked for us, isn't this one thing that hasn't worked in the long term? Um, I Again, uh, several episodes ago, I, I joked about having a meltdown. <laughs> but honestly, I, I truly believe that for me often, it comes because I have repressed and repressed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed my feelings for so long, stuffed and smiled, stuffed and smiled, and I it gets so pent up down there, it explodes. Um, and finally just will not be held down any longer. I mean, is that really the way I want to keep living? So for me, I can see why tackling this with my savior's help, letting him rework my mind, metanoia, like we talked about a change of mind when it comes to how I see others, to how I see myself, that is going to be such a gift to me. He's not shaking his finger at me. He's trying to give me a gift to live in more freedom of mind, to not be so desperate for that love from others, but to have his love be enough 
be enough. Okay, I can already sense we're going to go at least one more episode, probably two. So hopefully you'll join me. But man, for now, um, take some time and chew on chew on that. If this is something that you've struggled with, I know a lot of women, especially we're nurturers. We want to nurture and soothe and comfort and heal and, and people pleasing can slip right into that dynamic. So if this is something that has been your um, dark corner, like mine, take it to the Lord, at least crack the door open. It doesn't mean you have to fling it open right now and start digging and rummaging around. It might be kind of painful um, to go too quick, but he is a gentle God and he is a sweet savior and knows how to take, help us take these healing um, moments at our own pace. But oh, picture the freedom that can come to live without being driven by that desperate need to have others approval. I think it's worth the journey. I think it's worth a little pain to dig around that closet to get it cleaned out once and for all. Thanks so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you in the next episode.